keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, is my co-host and super producer, Ian Stimson. Don't call it a comeback, baby. It's me. How you doing? Very good, mate. Uh, Lovely to have you back. How are you? Nothing really crazy going on in my world or any of the, you know, various um, fictional or real entities that I may be a fan of. Uh, I was going to say, should I call you Oscar or should I call you Zotos? Zotos, Zotos, Z-H-O-T-O-S. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, of course. I didn't didn't know how I should address you. Uh, Both will suffice. Maybe I should change my intro to also known as Zotos Damask. (laughs) Ah, It doesn't roll off the tongue as much as footy from afar. For those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod, and you can join us on the Slack and get access to private episodes about me planning a trip to that ridiculously overpriced but nerd heaven called Star Wars Hotel, a.k.a. the Galactic Star Cruiser, the Halcyon. I'm going. I'm fucking going in July, dude. It's so exciting. It genuinely sounds incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's Westworld, but Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Like, I'm so in, and I needed the distraction of something to plan, given all the fucking (laughs) craziness going on at Chelsea, which we will get to, folks. Don't worry. I have done quite a bit of research to know what the hell is going on, or at least as far as anyone can know what's going on right now. Uh, I will do my best. Um, But Ian, no Chuck. Uh, We still can't get the three of us on at the same time, although keep your tune, keep a tune, keep your ears out (laughs) for next week. I've done this before. Um, (laughs) Talking. Yeah, because thankfully we are those random two weeks in between uh, America changing their clocks and the UK changing their clocks, which means that I can actually get home in time to record at a time when the two of you are still awake. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Our our schedules will align for next week. So uh, Yeah, so it should be all three of us. But since Chuck isn't here, tell me about the fish. What's going on with your fish? (laughs) Fish chat's back. Good. Um, Yeah, well, I'm, I'm now fully stocked. I got my last few fish. Uh, over the weekend so I've got a fully stocked tank now and I've well fully stocked with fish I'm going to leave it to settle down for a little while and then see see how it is and then see if I can get some frogs I might be able to get some dwarf frogs ooh look at you how very French of you sure or is it only a period I don't really know so what kind of fish is in there is it tropical fish is it cold water fish do you have to like worry about the saline levels I want to know I've never had fish like I want to know about this tell me tell me about the it fish it's tropical fresh water so I don't have to worry about salt levels I do have to worry about temperature and just general water chemistry like pH and stuff so yeah i could tell you all sorts of stuff i've got bits of um peat in the filter to generally like acidify the water as the as the as the filtration happens it's all it's all very all right, exciting all right what about the fish so these are tropical fish are we talking like caribbean are we talking like where else do tropical fish live in australia i would assume i don't know <laughs> i've got a tropical community fish but um probably more amazonian than than anything i've got some neon oh, tetras okay some, look at you yeah some red eye tetras um 
yeah, it's it's uh, some catfish. It's all good fun. Nice. Are they pretty? Are they all colorful and stuff? Do I need to bring my Enchroma glasses next time I go over to your place? Which would be the first time. Yeah, I'm they're quite colorful. Yeah, definitely. You'll you'll have to bring your glasses. I, and, and and you know, just check my Instagram. It's all I've been posting about recently. Fair enough. I mean, I know all of this information. I'm just giving you a chance to talk about it. Someone. <laughs> why you're why you're such a good broadcaster, Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they tell me. <laughs> you could just do a half hour drop of you rambling about your fish the way I do about Star Wars every once in a while on patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. And watch the, uh, the the contributions just plummet. <laughs> People seem to like me geeking out to an extreme level. I don't know. It must be something charming about just being like, this is what I like. And I know yeah. it's dorky, but I like it. I think there is because like the, people like passion, don't they? And I have very little general interest in Star Wars other than, you know, I love... I like Star Wars. I love Empire Strikes Back. I don't like Return of the Jedi particularly. Uh, the the you know it, it wasn't formative for me when I was a kid. It, it wasn't something that was in my childhood. But I listened to the whole thing while I was driving <laughs> back home from work uh, today, Bless and I thanks. was like. This 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 dude absolutely loves this, and I'm mega happy for him. Yeah, like, it was yeah. just good times. Well, genuine. I did, uh, for the record, make that one a free public episode because I did have a couple of like non soccer Patreon type friends who wanted to hear me talk about it. Um, so that is available now. If you do genuinely just want a half hour of someone being unabashedly happy, <laughs> which is a you know nice thing to have these days. But if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We are very happy to have you. We are. One American and two Brits, sometimes. Uh, and we like to talk about the Premier League, but often get distracted. Um, if you are back, even better. We love it. We appreciate it. We love you. Uh, hope everything is well. Um, say hi to your mother for me. And, uh, you know, <laughs> patreon.com and then review and tell a friend and all those other things. Uh, but we'll kick things off as we often do around these parts with our famous segment. <clears throat> rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. All right, there's no news, Ian. But Chelsea, Chelsea's Chelsea's burning down. That's well, we might get to the soccer, but like very clearly, this is the thing to talk about in soccer right now, anyway. Yes. And like, I'm a Chelsea fan and haven't been on this show in a few weeks, so I got some takes. <laughs> <laughs> the spiciest of takes. Yeah. Um. So I figure we'll attack this from a few different directions. Chuck's not here, so this is just gonna like buckle up. We're we're doing Chelsea talk. This is the the Abramovich sanctions episode. No worries. Yeah. Um. I figure we'll talk with, about like what they actually are, because there's a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of confusion, a lot of people who are like, I don't know, Chelsea's like bankrupt or getting sold or something. <laughs> yeah. So we'll go. We'll lay out the facts as far as I was able to find them in my research. Um. A lot of which is unknown which is part of the problem. Uh, yep. Then we'll kind of talk about what happens next, both in the short term and in the long term, um, and kind of go from there and how it's emotionally destroying my life on a daily basis. <laughs> but uh, let's keep it to this cold hard facts to start off. <laughs> light and shade, light and shade. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to give the English uh, hasn't been paying as much attention as possible to this story perspective on this? And then I'll kind of fill in the gaps. <laughs> yeah, can do. So it, it, it's a weird one because I have to admit I was very surprised that our government even sanctioned Abramovich. It's been spoken about before. We have had we have had Russian operatives kill people on our soil before, and we haven't sanctioned people. 
you know we have yeah, had. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know how much you know about that because I never know how much you know the, this sort of news travels. But you know we had Russian spies. Yep. You know, poison someone on our soil, and we didn't. We didn't do very much at all. Uh, for those uh, podcast fans out there, there's an amazing episode of the Do Go On podcast about that topic that you should check out for more information. Is there? Okay. Okay. Good. So I I was very surprised that he was sanctioned at all, and. As as it stands now, we're recording on Monday night. I believe the UK is the only country to sanction Abramovich. Uh, he had stuff seized in the US. I don't know about like full sanctions. I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near a legal expert, um, which yeah, is yeah. going to be the most important premise preface to all of this. Today. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. So, you know, uh, I, I think even in the in the last episode, which was a mere week ago, which shows how fast moving these things are, you know, I, I said outright, I can't see that happening. I can't see them sanctioning it because I thought if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Yeah. So in terms of the timeline of this, last Monday, you and Chuck recorded and he had at that point tried to do some dodgy shenanigans to transfer stewardship, but not ownership yes. of the club. That got turned down, um, and then he said he was going to sell and give money to a charity, but is the charity for who? Not clear. Um, that was where you all were last week, and I think that you are not the only people. I think that was the general sort of pessimistic but like realistic view on um, the political situation in the UK that like probably nothing was going to happen actually in terms of sanctions. And then Thursday, overnight. Um, here early in the morning over there the news leaks that he has officially been sanctioned and like all his property has been seized or not seized, frozen, sanctioned, yeah frozen which i'll get into that distinction in a bit um because i did research like i said uh and i think a lot of people were caught off guard by the the sort of swell of political outcry for action to actually be taken against these russian people given obviously everything that's going on um that i think empowered the uk government to act more quickly than other governments. I think that there was a universal like, bro, we are so fucking complicit in this. Can we like do something about this, please? Um, yeah. That just really swept over. Like he wasn't the only one. There was a lot of oligarchs uh, sanctioned and all sorts of properties and companies and all that sort of stuff is... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mostly uh, people who have a uh, big involvement in Russian banks um, and things like that. But um, yeah, so that that... That was the situation. That that it was. It was. I think relatively unexpected. But then, the the crux of what we were saying was that Chelsea won't like immediately cease to be or won't be taken into state ownership, which would be bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um. Did happen because in in that, um, if if it wasn't Chelsea. And that's not saying um, if it wasn't Chelsea, if it wasn't any other football club, just if it wasn't a huge football club, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then uh, and just a company, then that would have that company would have ceased trading. It wouldn't necessarily have ceased to be, but there could have been literally no money in, no money. Yeah, out. absolutely. So I guess this is a good place to bring in that distinction between sanctioned and seized, and sort okay. of what a sanction actually means for a business. Um, because, like you said, this is a really important sort of context for. When we're where where we think things might go and what's even in play, is that Chelsea is already getting favorable treatment. Yeah. So like they're already getting a leg up and a sort of support, which is indicative, I think, of like the government's intentions in this situation. But also like, don't get too greedy in terms of what you think is even possible from here going forward, because like they're already doing us a solid. 
Um, yeah. But in terms yeah. of what does a sanction actually mean, um, I think that in the U.S., um, my understanding is that for the most part, if you get in trouble in a major way like this with the federal government, that your property tends to be seized over here, which means that the government takes it, sells it for at like an auction, um, and then takes that money and puts it back into its own budget taxpayer, basically as income, right, for the government. Um, that is a thing that happens regularly, especially on the show Justified, if you've ever watched it. I have not. So oh, it's, it's a great show. Something. You should watch that. Um, okay. But yeah, like seizure, seizure is when you get your assets taken and then they get sold and then that money disappears into the ether. And that's not what this is. This is a sanction, which means that everything is frozen, but it is still technically owned by Roman Abramovich. That is an important distinction here legally, is that it is still his club. These are all still his factories and other businesses. And when that happens, like you said, all money immediately in any direction frozen. If you have a factory, you turn off the machines and the workers go home and you can't buy new parts and you can't sell anything you have. You just are like pause, like someone straight up hits the pause button on you as an entity and as a business. Um, and then down the line, after the legal matters get settled and whatever, then they figure out what's going to happen to you. But most of the time you just go out of business because like there's no money. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and people lose jobs. And this is a, a nasty side effect of things like sanctions, um, that it affects domestically and abroad people that are sort of innocent workers in this whole process. Um, but that's how sanctions work. It doesn't, it just, it, it's supposed to be an extreme and harsh measure that like instantly shuts everything down. And that is what legally is supposed to have been what happened to Chelsea. Is they're just like, okay, timeout, no one plays, no one does anything. And then because Chelsea is sort of important to the community and like Boris Johnson came out and said this and other people in the government have come out and said this, they got given a special license to do things in a weird and restricted way to sort of kind of keep being Chelsea for now with already special permissions. And that's kind of where the gray area comes in because this is like very, very genuinely unprecedented. Like we talk a lot about unprecedented times in the last two years and blah, blah, blah. Like this is unprecedented. They, no one knows how anything works here. They do have some special permission to do some stuff to kind of sort of keep existing. So I, I was just wondering like, what do you know of the license, of the special things that they're allowed, what the restrictions are in place? Like how do, how do you understand Chelsea are continuing to operate? Because they played two matches since then. Both wins. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Football happened, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is a list of things that Chelsea can and can't do uh, now with these these sanctions in place. So they can still play their matches, and that sounds ridiculous but uh, as an incredibly basic thing. But as you said, other businesses, like a factory, like exactly like you said, shut down, people don't get paid. Chelsea can still play their matches, home and away. They can still, for now, pay the salaries of all players and all staff. They've been allowed to do that. That would not happen in a normal company being sanctioned scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, they can still uh, provide all match day things like steward security, food and drink for fans. Because there was even originally talk of food and drink for fans is money coming into the club. Yeah, there has been actually an amendment 
to the license in response to that. So on Thursday, they were only allowed to spend 500000 per match to stage a match. Yep. And they weren't going to be able to afford to have, like, food and drinks yeah. for people. So then the government came back and, and upped. They changed some of the rules on Saturday so that they could, like, feed people, basically. So the, I think the new amount they're allowed to spend per match is now 900000 for that exact reason, because of food. Okay. I didn't realize that had been expressly, you know, done as a separate thing. Okay. So, um, and these, these, these last two of things they can do are quite big points that we'll probably go into. Um, they're, they're sort of part of the same thing, but they can still receive TV broadcasting money mm-hmm. and the club sale can still go ahead. Now, this is something that a lot of, you've said about misinformation, a lot of people have said the club can't be sold now. That's not true. The no, club yeah. sale can still go ahead, but and and as I say, TV broadcasting revenue can still come in, but that money, be it for from TV broadcasting re- revenue or from a club sale, uh, is frozen. It cannot be moved. It right. cannot be given to Roman. It cannot be used by Chelsea. So you know th- those things can still happen. They can still receive the big TV money, and they can still sell the club. Like, as in, uh, it's such a weird situation. They, a they sale can, can happen. Technically, yes. But that's, like, very much a distinction from, our from like, will. Yeah. The things that Chelsea can't do is they can't sell new tickets to home or away fans. Only existing ticket holders will be allowed to attend matches at Stamford Bridge. I mean, that seems a bizarre thing but that's that's the situation we're looking at at the minute I mean so season ticket holders um, or anyone who's bought home tickets already for games will be able to go we'll get into a situation very quickly I guess where there will be no away fans at, at games yes although as of an hour ago this is how fast this shit has been changing in the last few days um, they did ask for special permission to preserve the sporting integrity to allow away ticket fan sales Okay, right. So that's Fair a conversation enough. that's happening behind the scenes right now. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know what happens with Chelsea's um, upcoming FA Cup game because I don't know whether all the tickets, you know, often season ticket holders don't necessarily take all, all the tickets provided. So I don't know how many people would be attending that. Anyway, more importantly, they can't agree any new transfers in or out or new contracts. In most uh, crucially with like current players as well. Absolutely. So, uh, who have you got? Uh, Aspi. Uh, who else is uh, Rudiger, currently Rudiger? I've been fucking screaming to get that deal done all fucking season. Give him yeah. all the money and the armband. That's been my fucking go-to line about Rudiger. It's unclear how what will that will affect. But as of right now, the club is not allowed to negotiate with him or sign any new contracts and until further let, notice. Let's, let's also say. face it: if you were Rudiger, if you were Aspi. Any of these players who uh, would, uh, were previously in that situation, would you want to sign a new contract to Chelsea? This has got to be anyone who's in that six month or whatever it is year period where you're, you're in that contract negotiation situation. You're surely you're not going to sign a new contract with Chelsea, no matter your links to the club, your your loyalty or whatever. You, you cl- surely you're just going to go no, no to your agent. Well, your agent's going to say to you. We need to get the fuck out of here, surely. Yeah, and, and like, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but I do think that, like, potentially at the speed at which things could move, that we could be back with a few weeks left in the season renegotiating with those players. So just 
for any chance Chelsea fans out there who want to cling to whatever tiny vestige of hope you have, there is a situation where we are still able to re-sign Rudiger and Asby and Christensen this summer. So that's not off the table completely, but it's unlikely, let's say. And what, what are you saying that is that situation? This special license ends in no, the middle no, of May? No, no, not even. The way that one would work out is if they can... So right now, the timeline to try to agree to a sale, according to The Athletic, the latest timeline is four to six weeks. Right, I see. Uh, which would put a sale happening around the end of April. Gotcha. So potentially the last couple of weeks of the season, they are like now sold and owned by someone else and they're free to do whatever they want financially. I see. Um, other things they can't do, they cannot sell merchandise. So yep. for your recent fixture, the club shop was closed. Uh, I think that uh, pro even program sales, I don't think, happened. Um, and uh, the other thing, which I'm not sure if this has changed either, but they, they, they weren't allowed to spend more than £20,000 on away travel. That is, I believe, still the number. Still the case, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were able to, they're playing in Lille this week in the Champions League. Yes. Um, that was already bought and paid for, those tickets and that flight and whatever. So that's not a problem. Any currently already paid for, basically, things are allowed to be things. Yeah. Uh, but money can't go in, is essentially what it is. So they can go to Lille, but who knows with the next uh, Champions League, if we make it past Lille, what happens there? As uh, as Thomas Tuchel put it at, after the <laughs> press conference, after the match this week, yeah. if I got to drive a van for seven people, then I'll drive a van for seven people. Um, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Maybe the guys are taking a fucking train, the Eurostar. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it's interesting what you said earlier about a sale in um, four to six weeks. So there's currently um, a a bizarre situation where you've got a a banking group, a New York banking group, the Rain Group, Mm -hmm. and there is a sort of blind auction that is uh, essentially happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so people have got until Friday to formally lodge their interest Yes. Um, and and then a, 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 essentially a blind bidding process can, can yeah, start. Yeah, basically, yeah. So it was originally going to be tomorrow. That deadline got pushed back to this Friday. Right. Um, part of this is, is known only because one of the people who is putting in a bid or part of a group putting in a bid is a Chelsea fan who on his way into the match on Saturday, the TV cameras were like, yo, what's the deal? And he goes, best bids are Friday. <laughs> um, so I can't have an answer until then. And, and then everyone was like, wait, what? What? Oh, okay, all right. Um, so originally it was going to be tomorrow. Now it's Friday. Um, I believe they are up to about eight or nine unofficial but known bids coming in right. um, from different, very different types of people. And we'll get to all of that shit eventually. Literally, and obviously this is Monday night, literally an hour ago when I was watching Sky, and it's Sky, so fair enough, you know, never wrong for long. But... Uh, their presenter said that there were potentially 150 interested parties. Yeah, I mean, it's we're a club that people want, you know, for reasons, including some other people who are continuing. I hope the league is smart enough not to sell us to someone who just wants to do more sports washing. There's interest from Saudi Arabia, yep. apparently. Uh-huh. I mean, yep. oh my goodness. <laughs> well, not not the principal investment fund or the royal family. Separate. Separate, another separate totally separate, totally different thing. 
Um, I hope the league's smarter than that. As much as it would be nice to just have an infinitely rich owner again, um, it has been a pretty good 20 years. I'm not going to lie. But uh, I hope the league is smarter than that because I also just don't like I'd, I'd love non-blood money to be our money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they're, they're hearing bids on Friday. Uh, and then uh, this is what the athletic was saying is that they are um, the current timeline for a sale is four to six weeks um, based off of that best bids Friday coming up. Wow. Um, now okay. that's, that's a really important question of when the sale is finalized, because like we were saying before, Chelsea aren't allowed money in right now, like mm. at all. Even the money that's coming in for the TV is just going to go sit in a bank account. It's and, just like, frozen. Yeah, it's just absolutely. Frozen. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Chelsea are allowed to keep doing things like, 20,000 per game for travel and 900,000 per game for hosting games and importantly at Bridge paying and wages paying wages exactly but they're only allowed to do that from current cash reserves as the sanctions are as of right now like these have all continually been updated and whatnot but as of right now Chelsea have some amount of money very 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 disagreement on like how much that is um, to continue operating. And once that money runs out, that is like the real question of does the government just let them start tapping into that TV money? Do certain accounts get unfrozen? Like literally right now, they couldn't fill up the fucking team bus with gasoline because their credit card got declined. Like, yes, that happened. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, man. Like, that's where we're at. Um, Petr Cech said that we're just living day to day. And like every day they just go in and being like, who knows? Um, they, it is known, known, the last time that official bank amount reserve number, uh, was, I believe the summer of 2020. I'm not exactly sure on the date, um, but it was a, a, a long time ago, long enough time ago that who knows what's in there. But the last time they checked, it had 18 million pounds and that's it. That's the last that official data point on it. It and for context, like a lot. Chelsea's wages are 28 million a month. So four weeks yeah. is a long fucking time for like the long-term outcome here is probably Chelsea gets sold. Who knows what type of owner we have and what that looks like going forward. But that's probably what's going to happen. But that's not a hundred percent. No. And like, I'm sorry, but I've listened to weeks of people being like, yeah, he'll never get sanctioned. Blah, blah. Like, I don't think that the club's going to stop existing, but like four to six weeks with 28 million a month on wages and only 18 was in the bank account last time they checked is a problem. That's, yeah, that's obviously not a goer. But the thing is, that's when when I said about uh, I didn't, and I genuinely didn't think they'd get sanctioned. I still, I still don't think the UK government will have it in them. And I don't think they should either to take any direct action that results in, in Chelsea, uh, being wound down because they're just so big and it would just be such a terrible story for the UK government. So whatever, whatever they can do, you know, it's like the, it's it's like the credit crunch, you know, when banks were bailed out and, and stuff, and then they just carry on spending insane amounts of money on whatever they want, taking massive gambles, you know, it's, it's not necessarily what should happen, but from a PR perspective, there's no way the UK government, I think, is going to let it happen. So I'm not saying that Chelsea won't possibly severely suffer from this. And when I say severely suffer, it could get as bad as lo- losing 
massive amounts of players and and getting yeah yeah going into administration if not administration and falling, falling down a league it could happen I, i'm not saying it it will happen but like you know when i was a kid leeds were a huge club and then a mere 10 years later they were in league one and you know uh my dad supported luton who were a uh, uh, Division One club, and then went non-league in the space. Uh, but you know, uh, in the time it took me to become an adult, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen clubs be big, maybe not Chelsea huge, but you know, Leeds were a big club and they fell down to League sure. One. You know, Sunderland are a big club and they're still in League One. You know, it does happen. And we thought we'd maybe gone past the days of this because because of the sort of Super League mentality of let's let's right, solidify right, 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 our right. position wherever possible. But then these are incredibly strange times, and we've, um, as I said last week, we've known who Roman Abramovich is for years, oh, and yeah. we haven't done anything about it. And no, and they've let other people with yeah. Frankly, worse. Yeah. Things. Yeah, I agree with you. Not, not. Der- yeah, because while and I'm not, I'm not for the record. Sorry, and I'm going to cut you off here. Yeah, I, I'm not for the record in on any level defending Roman Abramovich, and I'm not one of those Chelsea fans. And if you are one of those Chelsea fans, and thankfully less and less of that seems to have been happening at the games in terms of singing his name yeah, and stuff. Sure. But like, two things can be true at the same time, Chelsea fans. I need you to hear me right now. The first thing can be that he was a great owner for twenty years. And he got us trophies, and he got us players that we love, and we have all sorts of good memories around the team when he was the owner of the team and as a direct result of his actions as owner of said team. That can still be true. You don't have to not love those 20 years of Chelsea and those trophies and those players. Separate from that, he can be a bad person who did bad things, who got his money in bad ways, and we tied ourselves up with that, and now that's all coming home to roost And it doesn't mean that anyone's out to get us. No one's after the club. No one gives a fuck about Chelsea any more than they do any other club. Yeah. We're not getting attacked here. They're going after Roman's money because Roman is a bad person who's tied up with Putin. And that's fine. We can be upset. I'm obviously really fucking upset with everything happening with Chelsea right now. It's a stressful situation. And you can tend to sort of veer towards a tribalistic, like, batten down the hatches mentality. But please, for the love of God, just stop defending Roman Abramovich. He was a good owner does not equal he was a good person or is a good person. Let it go. Fucking move on. He's not. He's uh, Roman's time is done. Take the fucking Roman Empire banner down. Stop singing his fucking name. Get over it. It's done. Please. Sorry, Ian. That was aggressive, but no, I've been bottling I, that up. I, I fully understand exactly what you're saying, but I also get the sort of the original point of it does feel weird to me the outpouring of let's get Roman out of the game, blah blah blah. When mere months ago we welcomed the Saudis into Newcastle, yeah, you know, and that's I, fair. So I get what you you know, I get that that point, and I'm not. I hate what aboutery. More than you know, but I, you know, it, it's a valid, it's a valid point that you know, Roman Abramovich had links to Putin. His money comes from questionable places, obviously links to organised crime. Is he the state leader who executed eighty-one people the other day? No, he's probably not. Is he the guy actually 
directing the Ukraine invasion? No, he's probably not. Should he be sanctioned? Absolutely. Should this have happened years ago? Probably. But I, I do sort of have a weird, like there is a massive hypocrisy with letting the Saudis take over yeah, Newcastle. Yeah, or even considering the Saudi bid for Chelsea now. Like there's obvious uh, yeah, hypocrisy yeah. there. I'm not saying there's not, obviously. You know, like that's all obviously true. How long is it going to be before Pep has to start answering questions? This is huge now, as in mm. Eddie Howe is getting asked questions that he would never have expected to have to answer <laughs> when he was managing Bournemouth a couple of years ago. You know, yeah. what yeah, do yeah, you yeah. think about working for people who are linked, in inverted commas, to people who ordered the execution of 81, 82... I'm sorry, I can't remember whether it was 81 or 82, and that's bad. 81 or 82 people the other day. And how long is it going to be before Pep has to answer questions about certain things that Abu Dhabi are involved in? Yeah, I mean, I felt bad for Tuchel when he went off on that reporter. He was just like, bro, I don't know. I don't know these things. I pick 11 players and, like... Yeah. Stop asking me this. I don't know what's going to happen with the club. I don't have opinions on, like, I think it's horrible what's happening in Ukraine and blah, blah, blah. Like, he went yeah. off. And, like, rightly so. Like, dude just picks 11 players. Like, come on. Tuchel's been superb during this, though. I mean, oh, yes. you couldn't have really asked for much, much better. No, and he's been, he's constantly been good about being like, I'm privileged. This is such a stupid question. We're so privileged. Like, well, of course, because this think is, about Ukrainians. This they have it. problems. We've all of this has to be couched in in that that you know, God, I've I've been working the 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 news rounds um, for the last few weeks, and it's been you know, poor me, poor me. It's been fucking awful to yeah. to watch some of the stuff coming in. Um, I said to you, I think you know, not since the. Uh, I was I was working some of the news channels when the Haiti earthquake happened, and not since that have I seen such genuinely awful things that it, we don't broadcast because it's fucking just unwatchable, you know. Yeah. Um, and so all of this has got to be couched like that because this is just fucking football, and who fucking cares? Right. You yeah. Know? Very much. But. It does matter because of the because of the sports washing element that that Chuck I think uh, last week you know Chuck was excellent on. Yeah, you guys were great. Um, that was really good. Yeah, cheers. I mean, it's it's a tough. It's such a tough, especially you know because we. I feel like I'm in such a privileged position, uh, both. Well, in in every way possible, you know, I don't live in a fucking war zone. I'm relatively financially secure. I'm white. I'm male. <laughs> like it's just that whenever I talk about anything, I just feel like I've got almost no right. But it's just everything we talk about with this, with, with the football side of things, has to be has to be couched in the, the the fact that it none of it fucking matters except that football has made it easier for these things to be normalized into you know you know we we've yeah. all accepted Roman Abramovich for years i mean sports washing works just it look works. at these idiot chelsea fans that i'm talking about like that is literally the point of sports washing yeah is that those people now are defending roman abramovich he has put so much money into into Ch chelsea's made a loss every year since he's owned them mm -hmm. and yep. he's bankrolled that and there's a yep. fucking reason. It's not just, oh, I love football. Let's just chuck 150 million right. a year at it. 
Yeah, I do want to mostly get back to the silly footballness of it, though, because like I'm not a sociopolitical expert on any level whatsoever. No. So I just feel like we're, we would just be talking out of our assholes. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do still have a little bit of the taste of vomit in my mouth from when you said down a division um, <laughs> and compared us to Leeds. So I want to address that specifically for the other Chelsea fans out there listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's why I don't think like really long term that we have to be worried like to the extent that we are at the moment um by which i mean the club's going to exist and the club's going to be a top flight club and like probably at worst mid table if we're being honest and the reason for that is that roman spent money on infrastructure we have cobham is is one of the best academies in the world let alone england yeah and that has produced people like reese james Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, Fakayo Tamori, all of those players that are currently out and about and being fucking amazing through Chelsea's Academy is a result of the last 20 years of investment in those facilities and in those things. That doesn't go away. They can't like demolish the building. Yeah. We now live in a world where whoever buys Chelsea is going to have at least enough money to continue to run things to a scale of, uh, let's say, even Spurs or Arsenal. If we want to go to other London teams that aren't as rich or as free-spending as Chelsea have been, let's say. Mm. Um, more fiscally responsible. Because Roman was looking to sports watch. He wasn't looking to not lose money. Whoever comes in is going to be looking to spend a more reasonable amount of money. You would imagine. Um, unless they are also doing sports washing, and then we have an infinite budget and trophies forever and ever and ever. Uh, but honestly, I would rather not at this point. I'm kind of glad that we've are, we're sort of washing our hands of that whole thing. Um, but I think the most likely outcome here is that we get some consortium of American owners or American in- and English owners who, if we're lucky, are more like the Fenway Sports Group and the way they've run Liverpool. And if we're unlucky, we turn into another United slash Arsenal. That's the thing. Um, I dodged the Arsenal bullet 20 years ago when I chose Chelsea over them. And I was between (laughs) those two. And at least I got the last 20 years of good trophies and good happy memories out of it. And if my fate is to now be an Arsenal fan in blue, then fuck. But I think there's a basement. I think there's a basement in terms of our infrastructure and how much we're worth and the people that are going to come in and buy us who are buying us for the brand. And the brand has to continue to be a brand yeah. for that to work. Yeah. So I think, like, worst case scenario, we are a Europa League team here So now, from now on. The only, the only minor things I've got to say about that is, is, is two things. One, the brand, as, as I said, it's ridiculous, in my view, that suddenly we've all realised who Roman was. And mm. so you've got your shirt sponsor um, deciding overnight that they don't want to be uh, linked to you anymore, which I find semi-ridiculous. As I say, we all knew who Roman was. I know that now there's been actions made by Russia that have highlighted it. But to suddenly say we don't want to be associated with you anymore, I find a shallow PR exercise. And well, yeah, it's- but like... It's always putting your name on the front of a soccer jersey to well, begin yeah, with. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But it's just, it just, it, it feels so sort of disingenuous to suddenly be like, oh, right, that, yeah, no, we don't want to be involved with this anymore. But what I'm saying is, is the brand, if there's a level of toxicity with the brand, that might hurt you going forward financially. Because if sponsors are pulling out, that's, 
that's iffy, you know, that's that's not great. Um, we've lost, so we've lost two decent-sized sponsors Hyundai so far. We've lost Hyundai, who the, the arm sponsorship, and yep. the practice jerseys. And we lost three. I mean, will you will you even be able to buy plain shirts? Because you haven't got the, the, the liquid funds to possibly yeah. buy. <laughs> Unclear, because they played the match on Saturday with still the three on the front, because they don't have jerseys, and they can't spend money on jerseys. Yeah, even though they'd requested for them to be taken off, it was like, well, it's too late. You know, we haven't, we haven't got plain, plain yeah, shirts exactly. to wear, you know. The merch thing is upsetting on, like, a personal level, because I... I always wait for my birthday to get a Chelsea jersey for the year, my birthday being in May, so it was the end of the season. And this year it was going to be get Aspie because Aspie's retiring, oh. probably leaving the club. It's his last uh, year. He's been our captain. He's been here for forever. He's won everything there is to win under as a part of Chelsea. Like, he's as much of a club legend in my eyes as an Ontario or Lampard or Drogware check. Yeah. So we we – Obviously, I went on Chelsea Megastore as soon as I heard this, and they was like, nope, we're not selling stuff. I was like, fuck, okay. Yeah. So I like looked around, and there was one store um, about an hour away that like sold – that is basically like an actual soccer fan store, and not just like sometimes you can get the U.S. men's national team jersey if it's a World Cup year. Okay. <laughs> I guess you don't have that problem over there. Anyway, so we <laughs> drove first thing Saturday morning because it was far away, so we couldn't like go during the week. And we're there when it opened, and I got the last no Chelsea way. jersey, and I got Aspie's name on the back. Oh, and that was God. actually weirdly kind of an emotional moment. Like, I'm getting a little emotional right now talking about it. Um, because as a fan from a different country, like, the ability to engage with the merch is as unbelievably disgustingly capitalistic that is one of the ways that I can engage with my fandom. Of course. So I'm glad I was able to get that Aspie jersey. That was um, a relief in a certain sense. But, yeah, I don't know. So the second thing I was going to say is because because it, it was just two things you mentioned there brand one. Secondly, I don't know, so you might be able to tell me any different. When when it comes to this weird auction situation we got with the Rain Group now, do, what I don't know whether you know, but does there have to be some sort of proof of funds, i.e. Could a group come in and do exactly what the Glazers did and do a leverage buyout where they don't actually necessarily have the funds, they borrow the funds, buy the club, transfer that to the transfer that debt to the club instantaneously? I mean, it, it, I don't know. I, and maybe I'm asking you something you don't know, but it, I don't know. There's yeah. all of the. I think first of all, no one knows because I don't think they've made those sorts of decisions yet, given the extraordinary circumstances that the league and the government of England currently finds itself. Yeah. Um, and even if they have, like, it, the process of sale is very obscured intentionally. Like, does does Roman even have to sell? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Roman still owns the team. Yeah. So he could just say no. Yeah, because he there's no benefit to him. From selling uh, that I can see, because the money obviously gets frozen. He probably right. never sees it. So, well, I don't know. I don't know. I could see well, the, the double yeah. pivot guys were talking about this, that it'll sit frozen in an account for 15 years, and then Roman will come back and get his $20 billion out of England's right. economy. Like, that might well happen. Yeah. Um, my understanding is that the current plan is that it will be agreed to be sold by Roman, who was not allowed to get any of the money correct, that then who is the one doing the selling and who gets the money 
And where does that money go is entirely unclear and and is not a conversation that they're even remotely close to having. Yeah. They're trying to just get this thing sold and then they're going to kind of try to iron out the details of like, who am I writing this check to? I mean, there could even be some shithousery, like, as you've said, yeah, like there, because it's not Roman Abramovich who is listed as the owner, it's his holding company. Right. I, I don't know what jiggery pokery could be done there, but like you say, I'm sure there's a way that he could he could get that money eventually because the, these guys don't leave things to chance generally. He always knew, as small a chance as it might be, he always knew there was a chance of this happening and it right. seems like someone like Roman would not have some sort of plan. Do you know what I mean? Long term. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I also don't know what, what his worth is. It does one does one point five two three four billion? Does it even matter? Or was the sports washing all worth it in the end? It's it's. I mean, he's lost like five of his own dollars net loss billion investing into the team without getting any of it back. Like on top of yeah other stuff. So like. Yeah, I think he's pretty rich. I think his yacht collection was worth several yeah. billion. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he cares about the, the money. Um, and it, it, it does seem like he is he has agreed to sell. That he's not going to, like, be a, an obstacle in the sale process. Hopefully that remains true. But as of right now, that seems to be the going understanding. And I think that everyone just wants to like get this out in the rearview mirror as quick as possible. Even Roman, you're... even Roman, even the government, everybody just like wants to be like, this is really confusing and a highly tenuous situation. We need to just get this out of the way, and then no one will ask any questions. Yeah, kind of thing. Because this yeah. is a fucking crazy situation to me. And again, I am nothing like a legal expert. I must <laughs> preface every sentence with that. Um, but this seems to me like more of a seizure than a sanction in regards to specifically Chelsea. And I don't know what sorts of behind-the-scenes concessions could be being made, if any. I don't know. Genuinely, I don't know. That wasn't even me trying to be like, yeah, conspiracy theory. Um, although now my conspiracy theory brain is like, oh, conspiracy theory, definitely. <laughs> what sort of negotiations have been made to allow that to take place? Or if that's just the UK government being like, we're going to try to overreach and see if anything happens? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But they're, they're taking this and then they're selling it. And he doesn't have any input into that. And that money is not going to him. So I don't really legally see how that's any different from a seizure. Other than the money, I guess, isn't going to the government either. Because then it would be a seizure. So like, who's that money going to? It's going to sit in an account for 15 years. Yeah. Probably. They, they found a way to privatize seizures. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is going to happen then? Like if you were betting, uh, what, what am I in for for the next the rest of my life? That is a hell of a question because I think you are in for some big group. Exactly what you said. I think, I think it will probably be uh, some American group. Uh, I think there's been a two, I think, uh Americans who have been very mouthy in the media saying how much they would like the club. Mm -hmm. um, and there, who knows? Because as you say, if you get a, if you get a Fenway sports group and uh, someone who's, um, you know, will spend, spend the money well, uh, then you'll, you'll probably be okay. It, but, if you get any one of the number of other types of owners of uh, football clubs there is, 
then I don't know. And I don't necessarily have the same confidence as you that, that you know, mid-table is the floor. Um, okay. I I get what you're saying though. I do get what you're saying about about infrastructure. Things are different from the days of of, of the '90s and, and and clubs like Leeds uh, having their big fall. But I it could go it could go very badly if contracts. I don't know if if someone manages to buy the club but then doesn't run it in the same. As I say, a hundred and fifty million pound a year. Yeah. When I talk about Peterborough and and the current owners and them not being able to compete at a championship level, it is still all said with the love of thank fuck they've kept us going for as long as they have though, because mm-hmm. you know owners can be shit in football and look what's happened with Derby and, and and everything. And so even though we have not competed in any way this year in the championship, I'm still so thankful for when I saw someone who was nowhere near as rich as Roman Abramovich signing checks for £25,000 a week to just keep the club going. And, yeah. and you know, you've got to... Uh, Chuck was saying someone's going to expect to make a profit out of Chelsea and that hasn't happened for 20 years. Well, more than that because obviously... there's. Uh, the, I disagree with that fundamentally. I don't yeah. think that that's the value of a club for a rich person. Is not in the year to year operations and profit margins. It's in yeah. I paid two billion for Chelsea, and ten years from now, when I sell them, I'm going to sell them for twelve billion. That's true. It's a long term investment in the yeah. actual ownership of the club, and then within that, they will spend as little as possible to be as valuable as that. possible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair enough. I get what you're saying about it, about infrastructure, and that will help, and the 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 the, the youth, you know, the youth army, the loan army that you've got. Uh, will will definitely help, but I just I've seen things collapse before, and it, yeah. it's it's. I mean, you only need to look at Everton to see what how quickly <laughs> you can go from Europa League to relegation scrap. Well, quite yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about football this week? We've done a <laughs> quite a long know. time on Chelsea. We're not on Audacity, so I don't know how long we've been going. We've been going a long time, but I mean, I think we should maybe just hit the highlights of other football <laughs> this okay, week. Okay, sure. Let's do this genuinely rapid fire. <laughs> Uh, Wolves Watford, Wolves 4, Watford 0. Any takes? <laughs> no, I don't want to go through game by game. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, Chelsea soccer stuff, I'll talk about that since I'm here. Yes. Uh, 1.8 against Norwich, what, 0.8 against Newcastle. Not great, but at least we're back to Havertz up front. Havertz and Mount have been looking really good. Pulisic, when he's healthy, looks really good. Reese was back, and now he's back out, but then he'll be back again. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I've been gone for a while. But the more we go back to playing the old system and Havertz up front and the less Lukaku there is on the field, and that's not enough, that's not anything against Lukaku. I just don't think it, it has worked and he hasn't been used and it's too late to try to sort that out now. We're doing good. I think we're doing good in the Champions League. I feel weirdly hopeful about our soccer at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's because directly as a result, I think, of just accepting what's happened with Lukaku. It, when when Lukaku and Havertz have been on the field together, it's it's remarkable how much Havertz is making the right moves and the right runs and mm-hmm. Lukaku isn't mm-hmm. and that's that's bizarre for a, a, a player who I've never thought was lacking in confidence I've never, that's something I've never associated with uh, Romelu yeah. Lukaku and I don't know whether we've all been sold a lie by um, by Syria football because you know he, <laughs> no, well, no 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 Lukaku's mint man well yeah but you you were left with him. He, he did he did very well at Everton. He went to Man United and it didn't happen. 
And then he went there, and now this is this is interesting in that Lukaku said that the setup at Inter was, you know, way better than Man United, and they they pushed all his buttons, and the nutrition was better, and right. the, yeah, you know, yeah, and literally that. the the whole holistic approach was better, and he flourished, you know, and he did amazingly, and then he's gone to Chelsea, and it's not worked so much. So we've had this sort of someone who I always thought would. Because he's an intelligent guy, and I think he's an intelligent footballer, and I always thought, you know, this is going to be someone who builds and builds and builds, and he's going to become, he's going to, he's going to become a cultured, incredible footballer, and it's sort of stalled again at Chelsea. And I just, is it just that at Inter he found the system and the whole approach and everything that suited him, and he should never have left. And he didn't want to leave, apparently. <laughs> but yeah. like, what was I don't know. You're now seeing a player who is almost scared to make a run off of a defender. I will say this: there are two types of excellent players. There are players who are excellent, full stop, because of just who they are. Mm. Um, and you could plop them down in most teams and in different positions, and they will find a way to do the thing that they do that is great. Um, and will excel at that. And then there are players who are excellent within a system. And I do not mean that one or the other is better, because I tend to actually find that players who are excellent in a system can be so optimized in their excellence because of the system around them that they can tend to push a team to higher highs, Yeah, probably. Um, I think of like Mbappe at PSG right now. I don't know that Mbappe is excellent period but he's the best fucking player in the world when he's playing at psg in that system yeah i think lukaku has proven himself with over the course of his career especially now given the new bit of feedback from chelsea being there uh to be excellent in a system and probably not excellent full stop right Um, okay and the system just doesn't work right now and maybe it won't in england Maybe he is suited to a different league. That happens too, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's not excellent. I just don't think it's working at Chelsea. Fair enough. Who else have we got to talk about then this week? Uh, Liverpool, title on, title race on, 2-0 against the mighty, mighty Brighton. It is. I mean, this is the thing. Liverpool, uh, other than the first 10 minutes, I think Brighton had a very, very good first 10 minutes and a goalkeeper who should not have been on the field. Chuck was on, on the slack saying... Right, am I just being am I just being bright and biased here, or should Sanchez have gone for that? And it, I find it unbelievable that VAR looked at that and didn't didn't suggest that there should have been a further action. Oh, VAR had themselves a weekend, yeah, didn't they? Thank you, didn't thank they you by just... the way. Thanks, Var. Appreciate. <laughs> yeah. It. yeah, fucking hell, yeah, that's a good point. Jesus, uh, Newcastle. Good looks, good looks. We appreciate the help. <laughs> Newcastle we needed the moral boost. So, uh... deserved a penalty. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, and and Sanchez minimum yellow, uh, but probably red. I mean, it was just just awful. And maybe I wonder whether the, like the referee in the VAR didn't just get slightly sidetracked by the fact that Liverpool had actually scored the goal, and so right. you know it's like, but yeah. it doesn't matter. It should still you should still play the advantage of the goal and look at that completely objectively. And I'm not sure that's exactly what happened because he wiped him out for fuck's sake. I mean, what do you think? Did you think yellow, red? Uh, happy with uh, VAR not not overturning? Uh, that? I don't care. I don't. <laughs> I, I, honestly, 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it should have been a red. I mean, it should have been a red. Yeah. Right? VAR sucked. Okay. But whatever. And also, you've been very uh, negative about the fact that there's a title race on, which I understand because Man City, you know, they've got points on the board, blah, blah, blah. But Liverpool continue to win, you know, 1-2-0. They continue to, to scrape away. They're they're lingering enough to have it be a non insignificant chance. Mm-hmm. Um, Five thirty eight has them at seventy five percent to twenty four percent right now. Okay, so so that's not zero. Yeah, like Man City are much more likely, but it's not ninety five percent much more likely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a title race on as of now, even if they are kind of lingering. But but talk to me again after they play, because <laughs> if Liverpool win that game, yeah. Oh boy. We gotta have a conversation about Liverpool and City and the run into the season, because <laughs> that that one game is really gonna like, I again stats. It, I shouldn't be be one to think this, but I, momentum's a thing. Like emotional momentum yeah, is a thing. Yeah, it's not measurable yet, particularly. So maybe it's not. Maybe it's just our confirmation bias or whatever. But like, it's not measurable yet until we all get chips in our heads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, just give the equations time and they'll sort it out. Yeah, definitely. If Liverpool win that, then yes. But until then, I don't think we have a race on. I think we have a potential for a race. <laughs> <laughs> a race for a race. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I would okay. say it. Uh, speaking of race for a race, I guess we should check in on the top four race after the Man United-Tottenham game, uh, which went exactly the right way for Arsenal in terms of their uh, chances, because Arsenal are now up to 70% for that top four spot, yeah. Tottenham 15, United 11. So uh, United never really was in it, and Tottenham needed to win to kind of... Do you know what's interesting about those numbers, actually, is that I looked at the table earlier and was like, well, Arsenal... They're in, they feel like an absolute lock for fourth place now. Mm-hmm. And you're well, saying you they're 70%. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm arguing there's a title race when Man City is 75% to win. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe I need to reevaluate what I'm, uh, what I'm thinking about these chances. But um, yeah, I mean, Arsenal looking decent now. I mean, it's, it's tricky because I, I don't know, it's, it's Leicester in it. So I, mean, I don't know. They're, they're always expected to, to win, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but they they are playing well. They're, 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 the midfield seems to be solid in a way that seemed unthinkable two years ago. So, yep. I mean, they you know. have noted excellent manager McCullough Teta at the helm. So, of course, you know, <laughs> All right, yeah. everybody knows this. He's excellent. Yes. No one's ever said otherwise, obviously. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, you capitulated really quickly on our Arteta feature. No, no, that was sarcastic. I don't, I, I'm not yet. I Honestly, I haven't watched enough Arsenal lately. To have an opinion. Maybe he is good now. I'd have to like actually do... I, I haven't seen enough to change my mind. I'll say that. Okay. Um, maybe I should. I don't know. But I don't want to watch Arsenal. Especially if I'm about to fucking start watching the new Arsenal, but in blue. Oh. Uh. <laughs> um, but I think your read on Arsenal is correct. I think 70% is very likely. And I think 75% for the title is very <laughs> likely. I think you're just trying to beef up the Liverpool chances a little bit there. But trust your gut. You're correct on both of those things being pretty much a lock. Or at yeah. least very likely. Uh, with City and Arsenal there. Spurs again. It was a, it was a funny old game, that one. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun, but... Uh, I mean, it wasn't fun seeing he he must not be named to get a hat trick. Uh, but I thought oh, Tottenham. Is were... that what happened? I genuinely have like actively disengaged with Man United this season. 
Like, I don't want to know what's going on with them, so I turn it off. I, like, don't look. He scored yeah. a hat-trick? What a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. But it was also a hat-trick, uh, certainly of... It felt like it was of Tottenham's making, really, because I, I, certainly on... I, I didn't look at FB Ref. I just uh, looked on a much worse model, I'm sure, but I saw that um, Tottenham, uh, on the one I looked at, won the XG battle, and Tottenham's defending, I felt like on all three goals was was seriously lacking on the f- the first goal was a, a a really good strike from outside the area but only because Dyer gave him the time to do it and just you don't you don't stand you don't stand off any premier league striker but certainly not someone like that and expect to not suffer from it yeah. it, it was if it there's was one very... person in the league you don't want to give a bunch of time close, to close him down so to not was... punish them for being slow um your uh, your read is correct According to the numbers as well oh, okay. um, on FB Ref, they conceded only 1.1, but they conceded three goals. So that yeah. you know, like Man United tripled their XG in that match, um, doesn't speak well of Tottenham. Oh, I must just say though, I did very much enjoy a Harry Maguire own goal, uh, yeah, because it's always fun to see that, and uh, I very much look forward to the next time. As I said last week, when. Because last week he was shite as well, and uh, it'll be it's just great when he scores his next goal and shushes the critic. Fucking honestly, <laughs> I really considering how much I liked him as an England player a mere nine months ago. Good old <laughs> like, Hazemagaza. It just, I really despise him as a Man United player, and just uh, I think maybe as a person. Fair enough. Fair you know, enough. Yeah. Um, can we? Do we want to check in on Palace City, or do we probably not want to know what that scoreline is? You know, I mean, I watched the first twenty minutes before we started recording, and uh-huh. Palace were having a go. Uh, really? What's the score? Go yeah, they on, were Palace. Having, Come they on, were, they were. They were. I saw a good, a good couple of attacks, and it is still nil nil. Hey. Thirteen minutes to go. Thirteen minutes to go. I almost feel like we should stick around for thirteen minutes just to hear the end. But also, I want to go. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't stick around. Although we we did get a voice note from Chuck, so we should probably play that. Oh, in. okay. Was this like while we were recording? No, this was uh, this was pre the game. So it was pre kickoff. So it was before we even started recording. Okay. Uh, so here we go. So so this is yeah. He didn't know. He didn't know that for now. It's held to nil-nil, so let's see what he has to say. Hello, friends. Uh, I thought, uh, since I'm not going to be here this week, in the style of Oscar Puente, I would uh, record a 30-second take for you. Um, sounds you can hear in the background. Lost track it. traffic. Uh, I'm recording this from the streets. Yeah? You know what I mean? Gorilla podcasting. Um, Palace haven't played yet, so uh, I guess the 30 seconds starts now. Uh, yeah, we won. Oh, amazing. Uh, Vieira is a <laughs> genius. Or, uh, you know, Pep's a weirdo and uh, we lost. Or, um, yeah, good news. Uh, we, got, we got a point. That's nice. Another draw. Uh, Ian, you can just cut those out as appropriate. And now uh, the rest of the time, I'm just going to make a fart noise. Quite, quite a long fart noise at the end. Seems unnecessary. Oh, well, maybe he had Chipotle for lunch. <laughs> quite. So it, it seems like uh, the point might be on, but there we go. We'll hey, see. another point. Yay. 
Oh, I hope it's not another like they conceded late. Yeah, no, that would be that would be a pisser for him definitely. But sad. if it stays nil nil, they've taken four points off Man City like this season. Bogey team, be fucking incredible. Bogey team. Yeah. Liverpool would love that. Oh, that has implications. Oh, that does actually. Yeah. Now let's see. I see. All this right, come be- on, Palace. I'd love an actual title race. I would love a title race. <laughs> Oh, if we do finish recording before it finishes and then there's like a 95th minute goal, it's going to be very annoying. Um, Everton. Everton now look absolutely appalling under Lampard. It seems him taking that job was... Because I don't even necessarily blame Lampard for Everton's appallingness. Don't let Adam hear you saying that. He hates Lampard with an unreasonable fury. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unreasonable. I I am also in the Lampard has done nothing as a manager. Like absolutely oh, I don't. Nothing. I don't think we have any evidence that he's particularly yeah. good. Yeah. But I also don't think that we have much evidence that he's particularly bad. I think he's just been in situations where he's mostly That's irrelevant. Possibly true. Yeah. I I've slagged him off for Derby in the past because he set himself a target of promotion and then failed to do it which I think is a, a bad thing to do. I mean, I know it sounds like a very 90s thing to say, but Alex Ferguson never... Man United could be 15 points clear and he wouldn't say that they'd won the title yet. You know, you just you just don't predict promotion or you don't set, set yourself that target. I just don't think you ever do anything like that. Then he took the Chelsea job. It didn't go great. And then the Everton job, which I just... It's a, it's a bad job to take. It's yeah, just, really stupid decision you know, on his part. Because they're just, they're just, they look awful at the minute. They're but well and truly in the relegation race. I mean, the re- the real table tells you that as well, but their 36% is Leeds, 38% is Everton, and 45% is Burnley for that last spot. So it's basically a coin flip between those three teams. Yeah, there's a real race to the bottom there with with yeah. relegation. And Newcastle, only 2%. Well, yeah, I mean, their, their recent form just has, you know, pushed them above. I think, I think that's a... Uh, done deal now. I don't think they're in it anymore. I mean, they'll be they'll be looking to push up to mid table now. But yeah, I think uh, I thought the um, celebrations at Leeds were possibly a touch over the top when you're beating Norwich. <laughs> I think I don't hey, know. Hey, the... we beat Norwich on Thursday, and it was very important. <laughs> very okay. important. It's yeah, the most yeah, important yeah. game. So. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, I I get it. It's uh, you know the first win for the new manager, but to to only beat Norwich with a sort of ninety fourth minute winner, I think you've got to calm down a little bit. Um, Here we go, Ian, uh, hater of all things joyous. I'm gonna get that reputation, but I don't yeah, want... you are. Yeah, you are. You're earning that <laughs> reputation, Mister Simpson. You are not gonna get that reputation. Own your actions. Oh man, yeah, I've got to think about this. Yeah, I mean, we just need Chuck on here because he also hates fun. It's Both of you are just way too British, honestly. (laughs) Emily was commenting that we were listening last week and she was like, man, they get so fucking English when you're not on there. I was like, I know, it's in the bleak midwinter. It sure fucking is right now. In the bleak midwinter. (laughs) Yeah, that's possibly true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay to like fun things and it's okay to be happy. I feel like I need to say that to the whole country of England every once in a while to remind you that, like, happiness is acceptable, you know. It's so funny you say that because genuinely when he sort of, like, hugged his coaches and stuff, I got a little bit annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm sort of evaluating why that is. Oh, God. God, I do hate fun, don't I? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. 
you know, whatever. I don't know whether we've got anything else to talk about because Norwich are, Norwich are down. Watford are down probably despite the win. I don't think that they're uh, going to survive. And like you say, coin flip between the last three. So... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother going through fixtures because we are in the midst of uh, fixtures as we speak, and there will be uh, Wednesday and Thursday games. So all that's left to say is uh, thank you to our Patreon producers. We've got uh, let's go like uh, Chuck does. We've got Sam Danby. We've got Nate Whittam, Mark Daffin, Johnny Worthington, Jeff Pedder, and Andy Pemprays, who's from Sutton. Oscar, I accept this has probably not been the easiest episode for you to record uh, <laughs> on your return after a two or three weeks off. Um, it's it's probably been a tricky one for you, so well done, mate. And uh, Thanks. if we get you back in another couple of weeks, we'll have to reassess the situation. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully by Monday, which will be my last episode for a couple of weeks again, we'll have more information about the sale and the Best Bids Friday and how that all went down. And at the very least, it'll be fun to talk with you and Chuck about not depressing things. Yeah. Oh, feel free, man. All right. Well, good luck and goodbye, Oscar. Bye.